Kentucky is blue blood. Yeah. Horse racing. Oh yeah. Bourbon. Yep. Um, great basketball. Not yep. just Kentucky. UK, but there's another basketball team over there in Louisville. I don't, I don't know who you're, I don't the know boys who, in red. I don't, I don't know who you're referring to. There's only one basketball team in Kentucky. <laughs> but bluegrass music, Bill sure. Monroe. There's there's so many great things that come out of the state of Kentucky. Billy Ray. Cyrus. Oh wait, I can't. Say. <laughs> <laughs> He's from Flatwoods. I grew up. I mean, he he was like five or six years older than me. But we're from the same. Loretta home. Lynn. Loretta Lynn. The Kentucky Music yeah. Highway over there. Ricky Skaggs. Uh, Loretta Lynn still yeah. producing great oh, music yeah. out of here. Tyler sure. Childers. Oh yeah. Chris Stapleton. Yeah. You know, Crazy. there's some big names. Dustin Collins. Dustin Collins. Yeah. Dustin, man. I love Dustin is a great guy. Absolutely. Love him. Welcome to another trip down the bourbon road with your host, Jim and Mike. So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back. We would like to thank Tommy and Gwen Mitchell from Logheads Home Center for supporting this episode of The Bourbon Road. Find out more about their fine rustic furniture at logheadshomecenter.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Jim Shannon. And I'm Mike Hyatt. And this is The Bourbon Road. And today, Mike, where are we? We're in Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah? And who are we talking to? We're talking to Mark Rucker. Mark? He's for Bourbon, The Bourbon Life? Yeah, The Bourbon Life. Yeah, it's that Instagram page. Instagram page, yes. Pretty right. uh, pr- pretty big following? Yeah, so far we're doing really well. Almost to 30,000 followers. So we're, it's taken off like gangbusters for us. Well, welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you, guys. Happy to be here. Appreciate you guys coming over. Yeah, We're having you on because you're... you're you're a the bourbon life is about the bourbon culture, right? It is. It's all about the bourbon culture. I'm a born and raised Kentuckian, uh, so growing up with bourbon was just a way of life. So for me, this is a it's a it's a passion to be able to share my enjoyment and love of bourbon and the uh, the entire community, everything that goes into it, and of course the state of Kentucky, which I love very much as well. But the opportunity to share that with as many people as I can, so I'm I'm very passionate about that. And me and Jim can attest that she's got a great whiskey collection he does yeah because <laughs> we're kind of crashing your bar today yeah hey that's great I, you know what that's what it's for it's, we went down there and we, you let us raid your bar yep. like two old sailors would always do would get off their boat and <laughs> raid, raid well i'm getting that itch so i think we need to get to the whiskey what do you think mike Oh, what? I'm drinking it right now. <laughs> yeah, we normally don't waste a whole lot of time up front. We like to get to the bourbon and then we talk. Yeah, he's on his third glass. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right. Well, um, today uh, we have brought for you uh, Wyoming whiskey, All right. a single barrel. And uh, this is uh, 88 proof single barrel bourbon whiskey out of Kirby, Wyoming. It's got It's got a pretty light color to it i say but you know you might expect that from a you know an 88 proof whiskey maybe sure. a little yeah. bit lighter but mike this came out of your collection won't you tell us a little bit about wyoming whiskey well you know at dave pickle used to be their their distiller they mentored them got them started and stuff and you can't find it on the shelf here a whole lot it's a you know i don't think you see any single barrels maybe you two have seen it i actually i've never seen it before uh, so. and i have a friend that lives out in utah and he goes up there sometimes to hunt and stuff. And uh, he knows that I can get s- certain barrels and or certain bottles. And uh, it's nice to have a person to trade some stuff on that sure. I can't get or we'll meet each other halfway somewhere. We, You know, me and Vivian went to Kansas City last year. I brought him. I bet I brought 10 bottles to him. And you said he goes hunting. Is he hunting for bourbon or is he hunting for animals? <laughs> no, he's, he's hunting for animals. He's quite the hunter, quite the actually. Guy, yeah. But they, they go up there. Um, you know, Salt Lake's not that far from Idaho and stuff. And, um, he was good enough to send me a bottle of that. And I'm very gracious. And yeah, I'm, very nice. my thing to send back to him is a bottle of, you two are probably going to make a face about this, but I'm sending him a bottle of, uh, Woodford reserve double, double. Oh, are you? Um, yeah. I thought that was something he can't get out there in Wyoming. Sure. Mainly us Kentuckians can get right. Right. Or, or not. Or, or not. Or yeah. Or I was going to say yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone. Um, yeah. but I, you know, he can't get that stuff out there at all. And I sure. say that to Jim often about other podcasts or Instagram or stuff like that, that I think we should be giving love to everybody from the bottom of the shelf, top of the shelf, any state out there that's making bourbon or whiskey or um, 
they deserve some love too, right? Sure. Absolutely. Not everybody can get a limited edition four roses or um, no, some people can't. They've never even heard of E.H. Taylor before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, well, I'm all for, you know, showing love to everybody. Well, except for Tennessee, but no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we might be more down there pretty soon. So we got to be kind, right? Oh, yeah. That, you know, that just goes back to the, to the sports rivalry from yeah. growing up a Kentucky fan. So uh, let's go ahead and take a look at it. Again, it's a lighter color. Yep. The legs on it are, um, are kind of thin. You know, they don't stick around too long. Mm-mm. It's got that, that nose on it. You know, I always get that bitter persimmons. Um, out of something that's malted heavy um, yeah, for some so, reason. So yeah, I think you nailed it there, Mike. I think this this definitely has a, a strong malt character to it. Uh, you know, I don't know. This is, I don't know what the the mash bill is on this, honestly. I don't think they, they certainly didn't put it on the bottle. They don't put it on their website. It's either. not on the website either. But um, I, I would say that there's a pretty good malt content here. And yep. it might even have, you know, it might even have a little bit more than usual. Now I always go back to that, the two bourbons that, um, or two whiskeys that I've smelt that are high in, in malted content, uh, which is Old Maysville and then Sagamore. Yeah. Uh, both of them have that just, I don't know what that smell is. I call it bitter persimmons, I guess. It's, you know what? To me, it almost, it, I don't know if you guys ever drink green tea, just yes. plain green, like unsweetened green tea, but it almost reminds me of a, of almost like a green tea flavor too, which is kind of strange, but I've never picked up a, a tea kind of a note on a, on a whiskey before, but I almost pick up, picking up almost like a, a green tea kind of I think, uh, nose to it. I think Peerless has that, uh, one of their whiskeys has that, uh, tea flavor or tea note to it. Gotcha. Um, and it, they actually put it on their label. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. But I think that's a rye, isn't it, Jim? Yeah. The, the, the rye does. Rye. Yeah. They even call it out on, on there. They have that tea note in it, but, um, you know, the old Maysville, just to go back to that for a minute, uh, that's a malted rye. So that's a rye whiskey that's malted where the rye has been malted. So I don't know if this, this has, have you tasted it yet? Yeah. Several times. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't tasted it yet. Now that's pleasant. It's um, a little thin, but it's got a, a little bit of creaminess for uh, a thin, a thinner whiskey, a, a lighter whiskey. Hmm. I uh, think it, it, their tasting notes say figs and I get maybe a dried fig out of it. Maybe a fig Newton cookie. And I still, I'm still, and I don't know if it's just because the nose is sticking around, but I'm still getting almost a tea kind of flavor on the, on the palate as well. That's kind of surprising, but, um, almost like a, uh, not a green tea, but almost like a black, almost like a black tea, um, unsweetened black tea. You know, that's, that's fairly enjoyable. I, I kind of like that. I mean, I typically don't go down below 90, but you know, I am getting like a fig Newton on it. Not a finish on it's a little bit different too. It's you know you say it it drinks creaminess and coat your mouth, but on the very finish of it, it's kind of drying after you've let it sit there for yeah. a while. And it's eighty eight proof. Eighty eight proof. Okay, you get a little bit of spice on that. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, I do a little spice on that. It it drinks just a little bit hotter. It does than a, than eighty eight. Kind of surprising that it's. I wonder if this is pot stilled. Yeah, I'm not sure about them. If they had a pot still there. That's. I mean, that's good. Yeah. I think it's pretty good. I'm impressed with it. And I think the reason we chose this is something that people could pick up um, our listeners across the United States. It's it's not easy to find, but I think they're getting into more states. Yeah. So do you know what the retail price is on this bottle, Mike? I don't know. I have no idea. I I think he probably paid around $44 for it somewhere in there. I would imagine. Sounds like a fair trade for what you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, it's just nice to trade some stuff. I can't, sure. if I can't find it here, you know, oh, I, yeah. I want to try something. He's actually, uh, the, uh, Firefly, was it Dryfly? Dryfly, yeah. Uh, he actually got me a bottle of that too. Did he? Okay. That's a, not an easy bottle to find. Yeah. You can't get it here. Yeah. Um, no. Nope. So it's nice to have friends in different states. You know, there's a wiggle out of, uh, Pennsylvania and I, I still haven't got my hands on a bottle of that weeded, weeded bourbon they have. And yeah. I really want a bottle of that. So. Yeah, if you I, listen to Wiggle, you know, send the <laughs> send bourbon road a bottle. Send it on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to say that um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy to have tasted that. I yeah. think it's I think it's a respectable whiskey. I think it's good. And uh I'd like to see a little more proof on it, but it does drink a little hotter than it is. Yeah, it does. So, what did it have an age statement on that? No age no. statement. Okay. It's not even listing as a straight whiskey. A straight, so but uh I would say 
It probably is uh, four years. Yeah. It's yeah. The color is really, it's a light color. There's no question about that. So whatever they're doing, they're doing a, a, a pretty good job yeah. at it. I and think if they're trying out there and they got some respect in the uh, community mm-hmm. um, for Wyoming, it's, it's a little Northern than you would think of bourbon. I think Wyoming, but yeah, you know, as long as they're trying, that's what I care about. And the mash, we didn't know what the mash bill don't know was. What the mash right? bill so, is. I think that, you know, at one point I read they had a weeded mash bill, um, but I'm not positive anymore. And I think that's originally why I wanted it. I was like, I, yeah. need, to, I need to have a bottle of that weeded whiskey. That doesn't drink like a weeder, though. No. So, yeah. No, I don't think so. Yeah. So, well, Wyoming Whiskey, if you're listening to this episode, you need to uh, give us some details. Let us know. We'd yeah. like to know. We'll get the word out. Yeah. So, so Mark, how, how long have you been doing the Instagram page? It's actually just been a little over a year now. Really? Yep. Started back in December of 2018. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm an attorney by trade and I've been very passionate about bourbon. I mean, I grew up, you know, that's one of the things you you drink as a kid. No, not kid, but when you're younger uh, in college, you know, go to the football games. I went to UK and that was one of the things we always did. Of course, back then it was just whatever cheap bourbon we could we could buy and take take a pint. Sneak. And what was that cheap bourbon? Well, a lot of times I remember drinking the uh, drinking Jim Beam. Yeah. I hate to say that's cheap bourbon, but at the time to buy a pint of Jim Beam was was pretty affordable for a for a college kid. Sure, um, you know, buying Maker's Mark was a little more expensive, so we go with the uh, Heaven Hill. Heaven Hill was another uh, budget bourbon that we could afford. Or the Evan Williams Black, take. right? The, the I, I didn't I didn't have that one. No, no, Heaven Hill and Jim Beam were were two of the ones that that I remember drinking quite a bit of for for football and with now, UK, uk football you've got to drink something unfortunately so but you grew up in kentucky i did you grew up here in lexington eastern kentucky eastern yeah. kentucky yep kind of in the mountains then yeah I, I was uh born and raised in northeastern uh in a little town called flatwoods which is outside of ashland uh so it's in northeastern kentucky my parents were born and raised down in pike county so I spent a lot of time that's down in i mean that's down in the mountains um grandparents were coal miners grand you know, grandfathers both of them were Coal That's Hatfield and McCoy territory. Isn't that, is, it? that is. It's on the border of Virginia, um, Pike County. Actually, my my grandparents' house was um, just about probably less than a mile from the Virginia border. Just the mountain behind their house. If you climbed over it, you would have been in Virginia. Yeah, oh, that's so, where that's where Bo Garrett's from. Uh, the lead guitars for Montgomery Gentry's from that area. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He, we've had him on before. And so, w- when would you think your first drink of bourbon would have been? Can you remember that? Gosh, that's <laughs> terrible to terrible to say. Um, I'm going to say it. It well, it was in high school. I, I know it was in high school. I had a had a good friend. Um, I was on the academic team, believe it or not, um, when I was in high school, and we used to have practices at different members' houses. And one of the guys that was on the team, very very intelligent. Uh, his father was a big bourbon whiskey drinker and had a nice stocked bar. So when we'd have practice at his house, I would always go over and raid the rebel yell was probably the first bourbon that I ever drank because his dad was a big rebel yell drinker. So I would go over and of course back then it was, I would mix it with Coke. Yeah. (laughs) But, but yeah, that was uh, that's probably the first bourbon I remember drinking was raiding my, my good friend's dad's liquor cabinet and taking his rebel yell. I did a bunch of research last week um, about Weller, yeah, and learned that that was one of their first brands, yeah, um, from Weller Stitzweller was Stitzwell, yeah. was Rebel Yell, yep, and that's kind of everything to me derives from from Weller when it's weeded, yeah. Um, but I guess the grandfather of could you call him the grandfather of weeded? I, I would say bourbon? that he's the, the maybe the father of weeded whiskey, right? Yeah, and then. Yeah, grandfather, I guess it would work as well. But I guess, um, yeah, if you look down that lineage of weeded whiskeys, they all come kind of sprout from that that tree, right? Him or him or and Pappy just took it a step further, and sure, and uh, I think he probably fine tuned his little bit. But yeah. everything stems from Weller, but Cabin Cabin Steel and Rebel yeah, Yale, Cabin, uh, right? Yeah, was uh, weeded bourbons, and yeah. um, and I, I, I didn't know that, but that brand kind of got sold off several times yeah and now it lux rose putting it out i think right yeah so and it's uh it it definitely has brought it back the rebel yell 10 is i've got a bottle downstairs we'll yeah. hit that later <laughs> now, now, now do you drink that with coke <laughs> no i you know what i'm a i'm a neat uh drinker now i very seldom and you know if i'm mixing up something uh at most i'll drink an old-fashioned but 
I don't, I usually don't like to mix my bourbon or rye with, with anything. I'll just drink it, drink it neat. Don't even use ice cubes or water anymore. So I, I say amen to that. Yeah. That's the way it's supposed <laughs> to me. I mean, there's no wrong way to drink it. So I, I don't, I don't criticize people for how they enjoy it. If, you know, if they want to mix it with stuff, that's their prerogative. If they want to put ice or water in it. And sometimes, you know, people tell me, well, you're missing out because your bourbon's not going to open up if you don't put a few drops of water in it. And, um, and you wouldn't imagine how good Coke can taste with a little bourbon in it. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to look at it from the other, the other direction, yeah, right? True. It's not that you're ruining the bourbon. You're just making the Coke making so the, much better. Making the Coca-Cola better. <laughs> I tell you, I, I drank a lot. I, I enjoyed it. Um, everybody else, you know, I, I was an alternate for the high Q team. So I never actually got to play in the, uh, in, in the uh, live events, but, but I got to sit around and drink my friend's dad's bourbon. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So I how hope long? my parents aren't listening to this, by the way. <laughs> so you, you are an attorney by trade. I am. Yep. So you graduated from UK. UK. All yep. right. We won't, we won't talk about dates here, but uh, <laughs> so you, your day job is, is dealing in real estate. I, yeah. Handling real estate deals. I, I work for a national company that writes title insurance for loans. And my job is to help, help the attorneys that we work with to clear title so they can close the loans and get people into new houses. So I feel like I, I've done foreclosure work before, which is miserable work. Mm. Um, and it takes a toll on you mentally to do that. And after doing that for five or six years, I just, I had to get out of it. So now I feel like I'm, I'm playing for the good guys again, helping people close loans, getting houses and, and, uh, feels, feels much better than, than what I was doing before. So, so you kind of split your time between Louisville and Lexington? I do. Yeah, yeah. I'm very fortunate with this job because I get to work. We have an office in Louisville. So I'm over there two or three days a week and then I get to work from home. And then I go out and visit clients. Our, I call them clients. They're our, our agents, our attorneys that write title insurance through yeah. us. So it's great. Well, for those listeners who don't know kind of the geography of Kentucky, so we're kind of on the eastern side of the bourbon world here at your home here in Lexington. And uh, Louisville's kind of on the western end, or well, sort of. I mean, there's some stuff over in Owensboro, sure. down in Bowling Green, but uh, and on your trip back and forth, you pass right through Frankfurt, yes, which is home to Buffalo Trace and oh, Lawrenceburg, yeah. you know, oh, wild yeah. turkey. And yep, so I bet it's not uncommon for you to pull off the exit there, is it? it you know, it's it's not uncommon at all. And it was great a couple of weaks ago when Woodford re- released that double double oaked, and that was one of the first ones to. Fortunately, find out about it and stopped in on Thursday afternoon and picked up a couple of bottles of that. But I mean, it's, it's great. And, you know, I guess growing up in Kentucky, just take it for granted yeah. um, that where you are. And then when you see the impact that it has now, my wife was reading something to me this morning, as a matter of fact, from the Kentucky Distillers Association and the, the economic impact of the bourbon trade and tourism in Kentucky, I think last year was eight, $8 billion. Wow. It's just insane, uh, you know, what, what bourbon and the whiskey industry has done and is doing for Kentucky. And of course, you know, now we've surpassed it. Was it like 9 million barrels or something like that? That's under roof here in Kentucky. So there's more than two barrels per person, two barrels per person yeah, in that's, the state that's of Kentucky. Nice. Well, that's, 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 gallons, a of, that's a lot of whiskey. 106 gallons with my name out there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wonder if I get to, do I get to choose where, where I get to get those barrels from? That's the, yeah. that's the kicker. So if you got to choose where you got those <sighs> barrels from, where would you choose? Man, that's a tough okay, question. A four year old barrel. No, no, mm. let's do that. A six year old barrel from any distillery in Kentucky and you get to go in and pick it out, man. Um, that's tough. You know, I just did my first barrel pick at, at Jim Beam. We did a Knob Creek pick and I was, I, I tell you, man, it was, it was quite an experience and it's, it's just Knob Creek is not something that I generally say that's what I want to drink. But after going on the barrel pick and having that experience and getting it straight from the barrel, man, I mean, that's, that's some serious, seriously good bourbon. I'm yeah. super impressed with that. Um, I'm a wheater guy too. I mean, I love rise. Uh, I love rye. Oh, I'm outnumbered here, <laughs> but <laughs> but I'd probably lean towards uh, towards something that's that's a wheated. I'm a I'm a big fan of the you know antique 107. I love I love drinking that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I guess that's probably a little older than a seven year old. It is a seven year old usually. Yeah. So yeah. So, so I just did a pick, and th- and that's what we had on a show episode ago or two. Yep. We uh, 
we went on a Weller foolproof pick. Oh, nice. So you're basically, I think you're picking the same barrels. You're just, they're just proofing it down differently. Right, right. So, yeah. But um, yeah, seven years old and uh, bottled at 114, which yeah. you know because you have several bottles of your own. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The foolproof is, uh, it's, it's good stuff, you know, and uh, I've been fortunate to try five different barrel picks of it now. So uh, I've got a favorite. I'll keep it to myself. But <laughs> So that's your answer then. Any distillery in the state of Kentucky, you get to go pick a barrel for yourself. Weller 107. Yeah, I'd probably, yeah, I really, I really enjoy it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good drinker. Um, I like the proof level. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, you know, Elijah Craig barrel proof is probably one of my favorites and I don't care which batch it is. I mean, I know, you know, the last year's batches were like 136 down to 122 or something right. like that. Quite a variance in them. Yeah, there was. And I've got the B, the B519, which I really enjoy. Um, but, you know, I, I enjoy a higher, even up into the one thirties. I don't uh, think you can sit down and drink that all night long though. No, no. It's, I mean, that's something I'll pour, yeah. you know, I'll pour an ounce and a half, two ounces of that and I'll sip on that for. But that Weller 107, you could. Oh yeah. You could sit down and drink that all night. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. I was fortunate enough to get to uh, get a taste of the uh, OBC kitchen here in town. Yeah. They do a lot of barrel picks. And they, they did an Eagle rare pick and they just got that in. And I was fortunate enough to get a taste of that. And you know, it's 90 proof, but my goodness, I mean, I seriously, I think you probably sit down and drink half that bottle because it was so smooth. It was just a great flavor. And I mean, Eagle rare is a good, a good bourbon. Uh, it's not something I'm going to go to necessarily on a daily basis, but some of these store picks and that OBC kitchen pick is just, it's, it's dynamite. Yeah. So OBC kitchen, for those who don't know is, uh, a restaurant slash sports slash bourbon yeah. dinner house, yep. whatever. Yeah. Kind of a. And it's a, old bourbon County OBC is what it yeah. stands for. Old bourbon County kitchen. They've but, got a great bourbon bar in there. Oh yeah. They have an yeah. excellent menu. Yeah. And uh, if you're in Lexington and you have an opportunity to pop in there, I would highly recommend it. Yeah. Don't be surprised if you can't get a seat. Yeah, exactly right. And yeah. it's, it's frequented by several coaches. From the University of Kentucky, so don't be surprised if you go in sometime. And it's, it's usually blue in there, right? It's it, there's a lot of blue in that place. <laughs> there, there definitely is. But Mark, what so far, listeners, if they're coming to Lexington, they're going to stay in Lexington for the Bourbon Trail. Sure, we do have some listeners that are coming in March, um, and they're going to stay in Lexington. What okay. would you recommend for restaurants? Okay, um, to eat at. Um, well, you know, OBC Kitchen is it's great. I love I love that place. Uh, every Friday they have a happy hour as well. Like tonight they're doing their, their Eagle rare pick versus just a normal Eagle rare, but the pours I think are five bucks each. So every Friday, generally they'll have a four to six happy hour. So that's a great place to go and get some good pricing. Um, the, uh, just as a bourbon bar, bluegrass tavern downtown, they've got, they had a post on Instagram. I think it was last week and I'm pretty sure they said over 900 bottles. Wow. So they are one of the largest, if not the largest, you know, bourbon bar in the, in the country. Sure. But I mean, and they have a ton of stuff down there, uh, no food. So you just gotta, if you want to try something you never had now, the, one of the first times I went down there, I met up with one of the, one of the guys from four roses and he had him pour me something special. He wouldn't tell me what it was. And I tasted it and it was not quite that special, but it turned out to be military special. Have you guys ever heard of? Heck yeah. I've heard of it. I lived off that stuff for a long guys, time. Yeah. yeah. I'd never had it before. That was uh, that was like wow. So that was a that was kind of a shock. <laughs> but I mean, they seriously, man, they have tons of stuff down there. So you know, that's that's a great place to to try out as well. Uh, the bartenders are super knowledgeable, uh, just like OBC Kitchen. Those guys know their stuff. Uh, so it's a great place to go. But for you know, eating OBC Kitchen for sure. Um, there's a little place downtown called Renata's. Oh yeah, uh, I've heard of Renata's. Yeah, it's it's a great place as well. It's a really really neat little place. Renata Riley owns it and she's the head chef down there. Um, she's very passionate about what she does and uh, not a huge bourbon bar type of place, but really, really good food. And then I'll tell you one of my other favorite places, not in Lexington, but speaking of stopping off in Frankfurt sure. is the stave. I don't okay. know if you guys have been to the stave oh, yeah. or yeah. not, but Rebecca Burnsworth and her husband, they own that and they are great people and they've got a, they've got a really nice 
bourbon selection. And yeah. you can buy a bottle of bourbon. And you can there. buy bottles there. Yeah. That's right. So, uh, and you can buy bottles at OBC Kitchen too. And when you're at fact. the stave, you're right there in the middle yeah. of the big distillery. Oh, so yeah. You're yeah. halfway between Castle and Key and Woodford Reserve and, right. and Millville. And, yeah. You're in Millville. Uh, you're not that far from Buffalo Trace. Um, yeah. Castle and Keys right there. Um, what's the other? What was Old Crow used Old to Crow be? Old Crow was down there. Was too, down there. Yeah. Right? Was, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a great place. And, you know, they've got a, the dining area inside is, is pretty small, but they've got that wraparound porch. And now they built this whole new outdoor deck out there, deck out there yeah. by the, by the stream. So I'm looking forward to getting out there in the spring, but yeah, my wife and I go there probably once a month or something. So That's great. we'll have yeah, to meet you over there for, oh, for yeah. lunch or something. Yeah. yeah. And Jonathan, Jonathan Sanning, the, the chef, he's, he's fantastic. I mean, the stuff that he, he comes up with, it's uh it's it's the real deal. So yeah, those are some great places to to eat, and they're not, um, you know, obviously they're not chain restaurants. They're local. Yeah, um, I think that's what our listeners are looking for. Yeah, uh, is off the beaten path, off the beaten path, yeah. and we we've talked about the stave before. Yeah, um, I think the first time I came on the show, I talked about that. What about the distillery district? Um, yeah, uh, and and I you know I just forgot, not even thinking about that, but Old Pepper down there, the Pepper Distillery. Uh, district there's some uh, good places down there and there's you know obviously we have uh, quite a few breweries here in town as well if you're you know if you're into the craft beer scene there's there's quite a few places to check out um but the pepper distillery uh that's a that's a cool place i can't middle fork restaurant is uh down there as well and what's that pizza place there jim i can't remember the name good of fellas. that place but good yeah good fellas yeah fellas. they got good fellas pizza good fellas pizza. there's an axe throwing place right there yep they have um, the new axe place they've got um, a cider meal. Yeah. And they've got, um, crank and boom, crank and boom, ice cream, ice cream with bourbon in it. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, Tal <laughs> green stuff. Tal green and her husband own that. And, uh, she's such a sweetheart and they do so much. The cool thing about a lot of these businesses, uh, you know, I was talking about like, the breweries like West six and Sam and those guys down at bluegrass distillers. Uh, so many of these guys are doing so much for our community mm-hmm. and so much in terms of charity and Tal and, the people crank and boom do the same thing. I mean, it's so cool how much, how much these small businesses that are local, how much they care about the community and how much they give back to it. So I'm always, you know, always going to support, support these local guys like that. And right across the road from the distiller district is a place called the barrel. Um, it's a music venue. It's got arcade and stuff. The the barrel, the the barrel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The barrel, they've got a, they used to be, um, downtown and then moved out there. But that place, man, they get so much live music out there every night, just about. I think it is. So. I think me and Jim are going to be over there March 13th. Yeah. Who are we going to see? Brent Cobb is going to yeah. be there playing, and we're going to go see him, and he'll be on the show. Oh, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, it'll be good. We like to get a musical artist on every now and then yeah. to kind of break things up a little bit. Well, now I play bass guitar, so, you know, you've got a musical. musical. <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> go. Well, we'll have to get you to break that out in the second half. <laughs> Well, speaking of the second half, gentlemen, why don't we uh, go ahead and finish off our Wyoming whiskey here, the single barrel, and uh, take a little break. Yeah. And when we come back, you've got something for us, right? Yeah, something a little special out of the special Bourbon Life collection. All right. Let's do it. I'd like to thank Tommy and Gwen Mitchell from Logheads Home Center for supporting this episode of The Bourbon Road. Logheads Home Center, nestled in the hills of Kentucky, is an industry leader in building handcrafted rustic furniture. Family owned and operated, they take pride in offering only the very best for their customers. The Logheads, and that's what they like to call themselves, are skilled woodcrafters who are passionate about creating rustic furniture for people who appreciate the beauty of natural wood. Owners Tommy and Gwen don't just sell the rustic lifestyle, they live it. And you can be sure that Logheads Furniture will always be handcrafted in Kentucky by artisans who embrace the simple way of life. Logheads Rustic Furniture is made from northern white cedar, a sustainable wood that's naturally rot and termite resistant. Its beauty and quality will add warmth to your earthy lifestyle for generations to come. Be sure to check out everything they have to offer at logheadshomecenter.com. And while you're at it, Give Tommy and Gwen a shout on Facebook or Instagram at Logheads Home Center.
do you have for us today? Well, mm-hmm. it's a little little surprise, uh, something that I worked very hard to obtain. <laughs> uh, it's the it's the E. H. Taylor Amaranth, the Grain of the Gods. Mike, it's a special night for us. Wow, that's a thank. Thanks for pulling us out for us. You're welcome. You know that's the thing about bourbon. It's it's meant to be shared with people. So yeah, it's not going to do you any good sitting on the shelf with with the cork in it. Now there's not um, there's not a lot of people out there that that are able to actually get their hands on this bottle. It was kind of a very limited release, right? Yeah. yeah. And then when it did come out, secondary prices kind of went through the roof, didn't they? They they went crazy. I know it was as high as up to about eight or nine hundred dollars. Um, it came down just a little bit, um, off of that, but I think it's still probably in the six to $700 range on the secondary. But you didn't pay that. No, no, no. no. I paid retail. Yeah. So what'd you have to do to get your hands on a bottle of this? Well, (laughs) you know, I, I had to, I had to spend, spend the night outside for two nights. So, uh, yeah. So it's kind of crazy, but it was just, you know, as a bottle and I knew that they're going to be releasing it and, uh, it was just one of those bottles that I wanted to have yeah. in my, in my collection. So I was willing to, uh, to pay the price and put in the time and, and you know, it worked out. So I was number three in line, uh, here at the liquor barn here locally. They do a lot of really good releases. So I was the third person in line. They had six bottles. So, I mean, that's a long time to wait in line, but I imagine you had some fun. We did. We really did. The first night, um, it, there was only three of us out there. So it wasn't, it wasn't that much fun, but the second night, the second Friday, um, cause they released it on a Saturday morning about nine o'clock. So I was actually out there by Thursday night around eight, eight thirty. So the first night kind of boring, but it, uh, you know, I, I'm equipped. I got a duck blind <laughs> a space heater. I got a propane space heater. So, uh, it worked out all right. But Friday people started showing up and we're hanging out in the liquor store, you know, liquor barns open during the day. So we all went inside and had some drinks. They got a full bar. They've got this liquor barn here in Hamburg is great. They've got like 20 beers on tap. They've got probably 30 or 40 open bottles that you can buy pours out of. So we went inside and, you know, sit down and had drinks and can eat lunch. They have a deli you can buy and they make hot sandwiches. So we weren't, we weren't hurting by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. Uh, and then Friday night, it was kind of, it was on. <laughs> so <laughs> it was fun. I, I think it goes without saying you, you did earn this bottle. You paid retail I, I, for it, but you yes, earned it. Yeah. I spent a lot, 30, I think it was 39 hours or something like that yeah. to, to get it. So yeah, a lot of time invested, but like I said, you know, it's, you know, and, and people, people kind of poke fun or, or I don't know. They, they're like, oh, I can't believe you do that. Why would you waste your time? And to me, it's not a waste of time because it's something I wanted. Right. Um, it's something, you know, I can break it out with, with friends and new friends and, and share it. And it's something that a lot of people, like you said, aren't going to be able to get. And you're not doing, you're not doing releases and lotteries every weekend. You just once in a while when there's something you really want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's something I can, uh, you know, it's not something I'm going to do every weekend to go spend two nights outside to get a a bottle of bourbon, but this was something that was special and, and you know, it's never going to come out again. I mean, it's a one-time release and once it's gone, unless you're going to pay six or $700 and, you know, I'm an attorney, but I can't justify spending <laughs> six or seven hundred dollars for a bottle of bourbon. In keeping with tradition of E.H. Taylor, this is also a bottled and bond, right? So this is a hundred proof. Yep, hundred proof. Uh, I'm not sure what the uh, a minimum four years, obviously, but I right. guess you know bottled and bond can be older than four years, right? Four years at a minimum. So I'm not sure uh, what the what the age on this actually. So has. this so, is a bourbon, even it though is. it has amaranth in it, which yep. is. They call the grain of the gods. The grain of the gods. This was oh, that because it's uh, Egyptian grain, or yeah, I I don't know if it's a it's an ancient grain. So I guess in my mind, I automatically just assume. Well, I, because, I, mean, I think grain of the gods. You know, you think Egyptians, and I, they thought themselves of gods, the pharaohs. Sure, so sure, probably that's why they got grain of the gods. I, I think so, and I, I kind of just maybe I just kind of came up with that own interpretation it, myself. Uh, the gluten free grain. Well, it is a gluten free grain. As a matter of fact, it's in my gluten free crackers that I have. There you so go. <laughs> there you go. So they still use amaranth, not just for a flavoring grain for bourbons, but they actually use it in. in While well, you were talking, crackers. Jim, I was over here <laughs> sipping, and I'll tell you this stuff: it drinks a little bit hotter than one hundred. I think. Does it? Well, I I, I think we need to walk our way through it here. Yeah. What do you, What do you say? Yeah, it sounds good to me. All right. And it does have a a, a very um crisp and rich nose but there's something else going on there there's something else in that nose that i'm not you to it's kind of a little earthy 
Yeah. And I think that carries over to the palate. Does it? Yeah. For me, it did. It, I don't want to say musty because even you say musty, it kind of conjures up a weird image, but, but it, it has a kind of a earthy tone. It does have that. Um, not, not that Joe Dirt kind of yeah. earthy tone. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Joe Dirt. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely got um, something you might get from a, an old dusty bottle yeah. a little bit it, yep. on the, on the palate. Cause oh, I yeah. just, just taste it for the first time. Sorry. I wasn't trying to persuade you in any way, shape or form. No, it's, it's good. Yeah. You, know, you talked about the legs on the very sweet on the first one. And this one's definitely got some. Yeah. So this is definitely uh, got a little bit more color than that Wyoming yep. whiskey. It's yep. a little bit darker. Yep. Uh, it's 10 proof points higher. Right. Or 12, 12, point, yeah. 12, 12 points, points higher. Um, it's got a, like, I get that dried fruit, like dried raisins or dried dates to yep. it. I guess palm dates would, would kind of go with that, uh, that Egyptian theme, right? There, yeah. That, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little dry on the finish. It's almost, um, it kind of reminds me in a sense, almost like a wine to an extent. Yeah. There's a little bit of a dryness on the, uh, on that finish. Um, yeah, you know, and it's, it's crazy. I, I think it's, it's good. It's very unique. Like I yeah. said, it's not something you're going to be able to find a lot of places, or if you do, you're going to, you're going to pay dearly to, to taste it. Um, but so is I, this something that Buffalo Trace is going to put out next year? No, it's the. You know, each tailor they'll do like they did the four grain or they did the season, uh, whatever they do all the different special releases. Sure. Uh, so this was their special release. So this was it. This is it. So the only way you're going to find Once it in a lifetime is somebody, your buddy's house or. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So it's going to be one of those things. Maybe that, at a bar. You know, this stuff here, it doesn't really, um, it doesn't really present itself a lot on the, on the back of the palate. It kind of sits on the mid palate. Yeah. And yeah. the finish is there, but more as a Kentucky hug. Yeah. You don't really get that lingering on the back of your palate with spice. Right. So it's different. Definitely different. I definitely got that Kentucky hug going on. Oh right yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's this big leather chair or if it's, <laughs> and I'm a big, I'm a big man. So, well, you it, know, it's the, it's the portrait of the, of the horses, horses racing. Hey, we're in Lexington. Behind you. That's right. That's you right. guys got a famous racetrack here too, right? We do. Yeah. Kayla, that's a great place. If it's, if you're here in April or October, that is definitely a place to go. Well, we got the Kentucky horse park too, and that's open year round. So if, if you're a, coming here to the bourbon trail and you're staying in Lexington and it's that April, September, October timeframe and Keeneland's open. Yes. It's a great place to go to, right? It's, it's absolutely amazing. We, we go at least once a meet. I mean, I'm not a big gambler, but we go, as a matter of fact, we went out in October and uh, my, my wife and I and a couple of friends and we tailgate like a football game. We go out before, and uh, we set up a tailgate and this year we actually never made it into <laughs> the race. <laughs> we, we stayed in the parking lot and tailgated from probably 1130 in the morning until six o'clock. They're famous for having the world's largest horse auction there too. Uh, I don't know if richest, I guess. Yeah. Well, Keeneland does it. And then also phasing Tipton is another big right. horse sale, but yeah, Keen, the Keeneland sales are yeah amazing. They're, crazy I, I took my wife vivian in there uh with some friends and they're big in horse racing they've actually owned a couple horses uh they live out in st louis and we went over there with them and they were so excited yeah to see the auction and uh my wife's in there just going crazy and her hands are flinging everyone i was like i went in there and i said put your put your hands down somebody's gonna uh, think you're bidding for don't, a five million dollar horse don't put your hands up because wow. you definitely can't afford that five million dollar horse <laughs> and they've they've got a um a restaurant out there too. Uh, so you can actually go out there and have breakfast at the track and you know, the, the train, the jockeys will go out there sometimes. Um, and it's really, I haven't done that in years, but it's a really neat little place. You can go out there and have breakfast at Keeneland before the track opens. Yeah. So you were, we were talking during the break. Uh, you had mentioned Chad and Sarah at it's bourbon night. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I had actually gone to a, um, a tailgating meetup with them out there. Oh yeah. Not soon after they first started. Uh, -huh. So I, I, I kind of like their channel. I follow them a lot. And yeah. I still do. Yeah. Um, but we, we had a, they had a tailgate meet and they had a lot of users come in. It was kind of fun. We had a great day out there. It's a fun time at the track. Oh yeah. It, it really is. So if you're here and it's a three, usually right, three weeks in April and three, a little over three weeks, April and, and then October. And it's a different tr track than Churchill Downs. Tr Churchill Downs is in the middle of the city. Yeah. It's very urban uh, houses all around it. Just a giant parking lot around it. Yeah. Whereas Keeneland. Yeah. It is definitely park-like. Yeah. It's off, picturesque. You know, it's off for sales. It's right across from the airport, which is kind of strange, but you don't really notice it um, that much. And it's right beside 
uh, Claiborne Farm. Uh, so it's it's a beautiful location. You know, that's the cool thing about Lexington. I've been here since well longer than I <laughs> don't care to admit, I guess, but been here a long time. But the coolest thing about Lexington is it's it's a city, um, and it feels smaller than it than it probably is. But within ten minutes, you know, you're in the country. And being from Eastern Kentucky, I mean, I just I grew up, you know, in in kind of a country environment. So for me, it's always been cool to be able to to get out and drive down Paris Pike or drive down Versailles Road or or drive out Richmond Road and and be amongst the horse horse farms, you know, and yeah. and just kind of be out away from everything. That allows so, you to get some great Instagram photos yeah, too, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, you gotta get those gotta get those IG pics. <laughs> so what's it take every day to run that Instagram site? It's you know when I first started it. It was, it was a lot of work. I mean, I've, I was putting six to eight hours a day into it. First thing I did when I got up and I would make spreadsheets and, you know, keep track of all my followers and I would keep track of, you know, I, I made a list of all the people that I wanted to make sure that I commented on their stuff every day just to interact with them. Um, and I, you know, I picked the people that, that I felt were very active in the bourbon whiskey, uh, community and, and followed them and then commented on their stuff and shared their stuff. But then even people that would comment on my pictures, I would go back and go back and comment on their stuff and, and follow them and talk to them and, you know, was able to develop some really good relationships out of that. And it's, it's a huge surprise to me how, how much it's taken off. I mean, I, I did it because it was something that was something I thought would be really enjoyable. And it is, I, I enjoy taking pictures, you know, as an attorney, it's a very, very dry type of job and there's not a lot of creativity that goes into real estate law but for me to be able to do photography uh, it's something my father's done for 50 plus years as an amateur photographer but he's very talented at it and i've just seen how much joy it brings him and and i've always had a passion for doing that so for me instagram is just it's great because it's a creative outlet for me that it allows me to share my my creativity in my own way and escape the real estate <laughs> Law right. practice. Yeah. So I, I looked at a lot of your, your photos and your posts and stuff. And I, I think getting that perfect photo yeah, uh, to me, it the, sometimes it's the right, you, you get the right second. It takes that right eye to get that, yeah. that perfect photo. You know, you might be shooting a sunset with a yeah. bottle. Right. But out of that sunset might last for 30 minutes, but there might only be one or two shots in that entire right. sunset of that photo. Right. Oh yeah. And I take a ton of pictures um, and I'm very critical about the pictures I take and I'm always wanting to try to figure out ways to improve it or make it better. Um, but, you know, going back to starting it, a lot of it was the engagement the interaction. I, I'm not as active in terms of that anymore because the, the site's almost taken on a life of its own, which is great. Um, and it continues to grow on a daily basis. I'm very fortunate for that. Uh, I still want to interact and engage with people. I mean, to me, this is, it's why I started it. I mean, I wanted to be able to share my passion. Like I said earlier, you know, I'm very passionate about being a Kentuckian, you know, growing up in Eastern Kentucky. And I think I may have mentioned this to you uh, in email or something, you know, in Eastern Kentucky, people perceive you when I was younger, I felt like I was perceived as uneducated. Uh, you know, we're all unhealthy people. We're uneducated people. We're poor people. Um, so there wasn't a lot of things that, that we felt a sense of pride about, but you know, Kentucky basketball was one of the, and I think that's the reason Kentucky basketball is so big because it's always been so successful. And it's something that gives a lot of Kentuckians a sense of pride that we don't get from other things. But for me now as an adult, the bourbon industry is that way. I mean, it's something that we are, I mean, we're the best in the world. I think at what we do and you making know, bourbon and making bourbon, we're the best in the world. And people I, come here from all over the world to see and experience that. Um, and to me, it's a sense of pride that I can say, yeah, I'm from Kentucky and I'm, I'm damn proud to be from Kentucky. And I'm proud of what, you know, people have worked hard to, to build here. And for me, it's an opportunity to share that passion and the, the pride of being a Kentuckian and say, look, look what we do. You know, it's, I think when people, uh, when you're growing up and you have a concept in your mind of what something is kind of like when we were talking about earlier, yeah. uh, you might have a, in your mind, what a person looks like before you meet them or right. what somebody's wife or spouse looks like. Sure. I was ignorant to the fact of what Kentucky was too. Yeah. And in my mind, I always thought Kentucky hillbillies or sure. something like that. Sure. Um, yeah. And then as I got older, I realized Kentucky is blue blood. Yeah. Horse racing. Oh yeah. Bourbon. Yep. Um, Great basketball, not yep. just Kentucky, 
UK, but there's another basketball team over there in Louisville. I don't, I don't know who you're, I don't <laughs> the know boys in red. I don't, I don't know who you're referring to. There's only one basketball team in Kentucky. <laughs> but bluegrass music, Bill sure. Monroe. There's there's so many great things that come out of the state of Kentucky. Billy Ray. Cyrus. Oh wait, I can't. Say. <laughs> <laughs> He's from Flatwoods. I grew up. I mean, he he was like five or six years older than me, but we're from the same. Loretta home. Lynn. Loretta Lynn. The Kentucky Music yeah. Highway over there. Ricky Skaggs. Uh, Loretta Lynn still yeah. producing great music oh, yeah. out of here. Tyler sure. Childers. Oh yeah. Chris Stapleton. Yeah. You know, Crazy. there's some big names. Dustin Collins. Up. Dustin Collins. Yeah. Dustin, man. I love Dustin is a great guy. Absolutely love Dustin, man. Yeah. And, I, and he, I tell you what, man, he, I've known musicians and he is probably, he is probably the hardest working musician that I have ever met. Man, that guy busts his butt every day. And uh, I enjoy, I follow him on Facebook and Instagram and I've, met i met him probably three or four years ago for the first time i love his music uh cold dead hands oh yeah that was well, you should listen to the episode he came on so he oh he, okay good he uh, had three acoustic songs he performed on our episodes so. oh great he had one of his older hands uh, which was cold dead hands he yeah. had one on his um one on his current album and then one he's about to release yeah and uh i just sit up in uh, baxter's over in Louisville uh-huh. and uh, up in their VIP room and did an episode with him. And yeah, we sat and drank. Uh, he likes Maker's Mark. Yeah. He's a Barb's now boy. So I'd, sure. I'd yeah. expect that out of him. And then we drank some Stag Junior. Oh, yeah. I think oh, it was a little hot. He's him. like, that's hot. Oh, man. <laughs> See, that's another one. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that Stag, the Stag Junior and the uh, and that Elijah Gregg barrel proof. I mean, when they get up in their 120s, 130s, you know, uh, I enjoy it. But yeah, Dustin, man, he is a he's a great guy, great musician. And, uh, he, you know, he's doing it the right way. He's not, he's not somebody that's going to sell out to anybody. He's going to play his music. He's going to do it the way he wants to do it. And he's going to work his butt off to get there. And I mean, I hope he, you know, he's having a lot of success and I hope it continues for him. And I hope, I hope he really just absolutely takes off. So I'd like to have him back on again. Yeah. Uh, you know, he makes it big and yeah. So, Hey man, great. you know, you started here, you're a bourbon boy. Yeah. Um, Barstown boy, let's get you back on and let's hear some of that rocking songs. Well, you guys do that and bring me back too, because I want to I want to sit around and drink bourbon with with Dustin. He's a good guy. We've yeah. never One done. night we need to have a we need to have bourbon night out of, at my farm. Yeah, a big fire and just bring a bunch of bourbon people out there. That'd be great. No mics or anything. We'll just sit out there and try to get maybe try to get one of those guys to come out there and play some play music some music. for us. That'd be great. Yeah, I'd, I'd enjoy that definitely. We get Bo to come out too. Huh? Bo Garrett from you know he's a he's from Lawrenceburg area. Bo you know, Garrett. And he, he's actually a tour guide over at Wild Turkey. Oh, is he really? Yeah. yeah. So he's a lead guitarist for Montgomery Gentry. Oh, okay. I got you. When yeah. Troy passed away, he needed something to fill his time uh, while Montgomery Gentry was trying to figure out what they were going to do. Yeah. And uh, his wife said, hey, you need to get out of the house. Yeah. Um, They got a tour guide position over at Wild Turkey. Why don't you see about that? And he told us, he said he went over there and checked it out and he loves it. So, so his last uh, name is Garrett. Is that right? Is yeah, it? Garrett. Okay. Because there was a guy, was it Bo, was it Bauer? The Bauer brothers that used to play when Montgomery Gentry first started. I was a bartender years ago. Oh, were you? Yeah. Downtown at a bar called uh, Breedings in the brewery. Larry Redman. I don't know if you guys know Larry, no. but uh, he's a country singer. But anyway, uh, the bad guys were a rock band and they used to play there all the time. And then when Montgomery Gentry came out, the uh, there were three brothers, Andy, Bo, and Bart, that were in the bad guys. And they were actually the band that they were with uh, Montgomery Gentry. And I don't know how long they played with the, with those guys for, but yeah, it's kind of fun to watch the video and be like, oh, yeah, he's probably guys. not the same guy because same I think guy. Bo's been with, uh, with Gendry, Montgomery Gentry since before they started. So, I mean, oh, yeah. So okay. from the gotcha. beginning. But in any case, um, great guy. Yeah. Loves wild turkey. He's, yeah. he's, he's brand loyal, isn't he? Firebird Bo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's get back to you. Yeah, okay. Let's right. get back to you. So um, you get uh, 25, 30,000 followers on Instagram. That's yeah. a pretty major yeah. accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, it kind of affords you, it opens some doors for you. It does. Right? Yeah, definitely does. So kind of let it, let our users know a little bit what it's like to to sort of um, be at the helm of a 30,000 follower account and and on Instagram and and what kind of things you're able to do. Well, it's a lot of pressure and I have to drink daily. To- <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's great. You know, like I said, when I started this, I I did it because it was a passion. It was something I wanted to have fun with, uh, an opportunity to be creative and it has grown just like gangbusters and it wasn't I did not anticipate that it was going to happen. Uh, it's a learning experience for me every day. 
uh, how to how to deal with this. I spent time trying to understand what the capabilities are and you know what even the responsibilities are. I want to engage the people that that follow me and I want to be interactive with them. And I get, you know, I get email or direct messages mostly because I'm only on Instagram. That's all really all I do. But I get direct messages every day. People come into town, uh, people looking for bourbon. You know, sometimes people trying to sell me bourbon or wanting to buy. And I'm like, you know, that's not what I do. I appreciate it, but it's not, you know, don't have any interest in in doing that. But um people that message me about, hey, I want I need to buy a bourbon for somebody or we're going to come to town or where should we go? What we should, what should we do? And to me, it's, it's almost like I get the opportunity to be an ambassador for Kentucky and for the bourbon industry and direct people, let them know uh, what they can do, where they can go, where they can, where they can see things and experience things they might not otherwise get the opportunity to experience. And for me as well, it's, it's been uh, an amazing opportunity to get to experience things that I didn't think I'd ever have the opportunity to experience. So some doors get open for you. Sure. I mean, we, we actually, you and I were at right. Angels Envy the other yeah. day for yeah. a big event and uh, we, we can't, can't talk about it. Can't talk about it yet, but <laughs> I think by the time this episode airs, it will already have been people, released, people, but we're going to know, but that's all right. But uh, in any case, uh, you and I were there. Yeah. So we were a part of a, a very small group of sure. media people that were able to gain access to an early release of knowledge. Yeah. Right. And uh, we got to spend some time with uh, with Wes and yeah. his boys yeah. and uh, at Angels Envy and and you know those kind of things. Now you can take that information, uh, that experience, and you get to relay it to your followers, so they get kind of that uh, the benefit of those open doors. Either. Sure, yeah, yeah. it's fun, and I, I feel like that's part of the responsibility that I feel is you know to share things with with people to let them know things that are coming up, things that are going on, and you know they can't be there with us. But I want to try to make them as involved as possible. And that's why when I was there, you know, I've got my camera out. I'm taking pictures. I'm, I'm doing stories. You know, I can't say exactly what's going on, but I want people to get the feeling that they're there. Um, you know, earlier in the summer, I got to do the, um, the Bourbon and Beyond Festival over in Louisville, which was great. I just wish it hadn't been so damn hot. <laughs> so you were, you were invited yeah. by, the, by the team of Bourbon Beyond team to come out and- yeah. Yeah. be a part of that. Yeah. They, they were really good to us. Um, they, they gave us, uh, some tickets, some VIP tickets to give away, um, to people. And they gave, gave us a pair of VIP tickets as well to attend the, the three day event. So, I mean, that was, a, that was something, you know, I, I don't know that I personally would have spent the money on it. It was a great festival, but it was, that would have been a lot of money. Right. Um, you got the same thing to, to the, uh, Kentucky barbecue festival too, right? You, you got a VIP ticket for that. Oh, at down at the one down at in Danville. In Danville, yeah, yeah, yeah. So got that. So yeah, I mean, just the opportunity to do things, and you know, and speaking of that, you know, the Danville event, we got to go down there and um, and met up with some guys, Bill Bender, who's on Instagram as well. Um, he's doing his getting ready to do his TV show, Bender Stash, and uh, a guy Mike Hines from Nashville, some guys from Barrels and Brew, the the liquor store down in Nashville. They were up, and you know, we got to go into the warehouse with Shane and Pat from Wilderness Trail and got to tap into a couple of barrels, you know, in the warehouse. And it was, I mean, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Sure. I mean, things that, you know, most people, and I, I didn't know I was going to get that experience. You mm -hmm. know, when I showed up, I was just going down to meet up with Bill and his girlfriend and uh, yeah. Emily and, you know, meet up with some other people and, and eat some barbecue and have some fun. And uh, it turned out to be, something that was absolutely amazing, yeah. you know? So yeah, Mike was down there. I guess the two of you didn't actually meet up that no, day. Didn't, no, I went the Saturday, which it was hot that day. Yeah, yeah. I was down there. I think it was Saturday afternoon. I was down there, but yeah, it was, it was just miserable. It was miserable a great hot. barbecue there. It was, oh yeah. Uh, and I, well, I and Pat is a, uh, is a lead singer in a, in a band, yeah, which, yeah. which I didn't know. Uh, he's actually a really good lead. He's a good singer, but now they were playing and it's my kind of music. Cause I love the nineties, early 2000s heavy alternative rock music and uh pat was up there singing away man doing a great job so yeah. it was it was really cool but to go in the warehouse and you know what shane had his drill and you know drilling into the barrel and just taking that bourbon straight yeah, out. yeah i have to say i have to say this about wilderness trail pat and shane and the whole team down there they uh they're very um down to earth very welcoming oh yeah they've got a a huge operation. Oh yeah. Huge operation. I mean, they're making 220 plus barrels a day of whiskey, 
but when you walk in there, they, they you just you're just one of the guys. You're just yeah. one of the friends. So yeah. yeah, good good people. I mean, their yeast business. I mean, I had no idea they're the third largest producer of, of yeast in yeah. the world. I mean, they've been they provide yeast. I mean, to everybody for for fuel production, for whiskey production, you know, so those guys, I mean, they did it the right way. They got the experience. They got to go into all these different distilleries and sell their yeast product and see what everybody was doing um, and, and see what worked for people, what didn't work. And they've been able to use that at Wilderness Trail, man, and the stuff they're putting out, it's, it's fantastic. Well, they kind of got the bad phone there, right? I mean, when a distillery out there in the world runs into trouble. Oh yeah. They're ringing up the bat phone and calling up Pat and Shane saying, what what can we do? Not, not many people have, you know, not many people don't know them in the distillery business. That's the neat thing about them and the culture of of bourbon is everybody's willing to help everybody out. Yeah. It's kind of like us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, having you on is, is such a great help to to us so we can learn and, and build our podcast and, I'll build our following. Yeah. Um, well, I, I hey, think I'm, that's the same way in the distiller business. Yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. It's a blast. It's like, well, we got I don't to re- just share this with, you know, the amaranth. We got to raid your bar. You, we got to taste your amaranth. <laughs> there you go. But, you know, if, if we got a listener out there that's thinking, you know, I kind of would like to be, uh, go down that road of becoming an influencer. Sure. Or, or building up my personal brand on Instagram. Right. Are there some, tips of what to do and maybe what not to do you might you might yeah share with them yeah i mean you know number one is well i would say number one thing is don't don't try to buy your way into things um because i know there are a lot of people out there that have done that and it it shows um and you can tell you can tell when accounts are are buying likes or buying followers or buying because their engagement numbers are are terrible they don't get any interaction um or they, or they could put up a post and within, and I'm not going to say there's one specific account <clears throat> that's, that's a bourbon brand that they'll put up a post. And sometimes within 15 minutes, I have, you know, 1500 likes. Um, and it's, it's apparent, it's obvious what, what they're doing. So that's, that's not the way to go about it because in the end it's going to, it's going to backfire. You but, you, but you're about building a community of people that follow sure. you. People oh, yeah. that are like wake up in the morning and they want to know what you have to say. Yeah, that's it. I mean, for me, it's about the engagement. It's about being able to meet people. Um, you know, we talked earlier about Eric from Bourbon in Time and, and Scotch in Time and Watches in Time and whatever other in times he's got together. But, you know, Eric's a great guy and I wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet him but through what I'm doing. And um, his event, Bourbon and Time, that he put on last year, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it. But Eric's opened a lot of doors for me. And he's, he's you know, he's just a great guy. Um, and he's introduced me to a lot of people through the Bourbon and Time community that he's put together. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. But that's one thing I would say is, you know, be authentic. Don't try to buy your way into things. Um, there are brands out there that are doing that. And they're not going to last. And, and you'll see that. Um you know, the second thing is be prepared to work. You know, when I, like I said, when I first started it, it was probably six to eight hours a day. And this is six to eight hours a day of interacting with other accounts Yes, on Instagram. Yeah. So, so you're going in and you're reading posts and you're commenting on their posts and you're liking their posts and you're uh, finding out, you know, who, pe- what people out there have similar interests to you yep. and you're following them or liking them or commenting on their stuff. So it's, 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 it's a churn. It's, it a, it's, it's a lot of work. It is. It's a lot of work. And it, you know, it's the first thing I do before I, when I get up in the morning, I'd go downstairs and, and get on my computer and spend probably two hours just going through my feed, going through who's like my stuff, going to their pages, liking their stuff, sharing information with them. So it was a lot of work. And now, you know, it's kind of taken on a life of its own. Yeah. I'd say there's not as many uh, internet trolls on Instagram as there is like on Facebook. That's true. Yeah, I don't. I don't get that. I mean, there are there are a few people. So so there's one guy that occasionally he'll hop on, and every every comment he puts on my pictures, it's a negative, and it's not every picture, and it may just be once a month. You know, you just never know. But he will he will nonetheless always hop on and just say something negative and then leave. And, you know, and I won't see him again for another 
two or three weeks. And and what's, what's the best way do you think to deal with that? I kill people with kindness. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's you know? me. sometimes if you ignore them, they're just going to keep poking and poking and poking and poking. Oh yeah. And yeah, sometimes I, I think so I say, Hey, thanks for the, thanks for the kind words or, yeah. and that was a great comment. Yeah. Now I'll, I'll tell you, um, I actually do some public speaking as well. A few years ago, I wrote a book. Um, back in 2011, I actually, I weighed almost 400 pounds. Wow. I, mean, I was a big guy. So uh, just, just lifestyle choices, you know, uh, not, not eating well, drinking a lot of beer, <laughs> just, um, and just kind of letting myself go. And last time I got on a scale was, I, I weighed 385 pounds and just stopped getting on a scale because I didn't want to know how much I weighed. And then I decided, you know, to change my life. So I took my time and made some small changes. And in 2013, I lost 130 pounds plus and ended up doing the Ironman competition over in Louisville. Good for you. Um, yeah, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. So I ended up writing a book about that. And I shared my story with a lot of people. And CNN actually sh shared my story on their website and, uh, you know, talking about trolls. I mean, people just <laughs> came out of the woodworks. And 95% of the people were positive and supportive and encouraging. But man, there's 5% of the people out there that were just, just nasty, just absolutely nasty. And my response was, you know, uh, it, I changed my life and anybody can do it. And uh, that's the message I want to get out to anybody. So if you want to be nasty about that, that's your choice. You can do it. Um, and end up doing a, like a Facebook live event with CNN for about an hour and still had people that, you know, tried to troll me about the way I still looked, you know, that I'm still fat or, or whatever. Um, and I just, you know, didn't let it bother me. So. Well, so going back to the people who are, you know, thinking maybe about putting themselves out there, sure, getting on Instagram, maybe trying to, to build a following. Yeah. You're going to get some of that. Oh yeah. You're going to get that. And the best way to handle that is with kindness. To me it is. I mean, you, you know, can, yeah. I thank mean, you very much for your opinion. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. uh, thank you. I disagree, but you know, thanks for your thoughts and, um, you let know. them have their voice and then, sure. you know, I found if you confront people, the more you confront people, especially a, a keyboard warrior, you know, because yeah. they're just going to come right back at you and it's just going to escalate. So the fastest way to defuse them is to take away their power. And the only power they have is the negativity. And if you feed it back with positivity, yeah. they, they can't, it doesn't fuel them. Well, good for you. Oh, yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I agree with that. Mike, we get a little bit of that. It's not too much, but we get some here and there. And honestly, the best way to handle that is just to move on down the road, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> or, <laughs> or kick them down the road. Or, right? Yeah, that's sometimes my, <laughs> I want to do that, but that's not the right way to do things, I think. And I, I tell anybody that's trying to build something, you know, build a company, build a story. Um, and if you, with your inspiration, you've got an inspirational story. If you changed one person's life with your story yeah. on CNN, Facebook, with your Instagram accounts, with bourbon, if you affected one person's life and made it more positive, took away their depression, took away their sorrows yeah. or helped them lose weight um, or helped them learn about bourbon, you changed that one life. Yeah. Made it all worth it. I agree. That's yeah. I agree one hundred percent, man. So, so the bourbon life, yeah, is kind of your motto. It's your name. It's kind of your shtick, right? I mean, it, it is. It's all about living that bourbon life. It is. It's about you know sharing drinks with friends. It's about camaraderie. It's about friendship. It's about sharing the passion, the bourbon industry. What I love uh, about the state of Kentucky, and you know, obviously other places, but mostly Kentucky for me. Uh, sharing my love of bourbon with as many people as I can. It's, it's what it's about. So yeah, it's a, it's a lifestyle. I mean, it's more than just sitting around drinking. It's about, it's an attitude. It's a, it's an entire lifestyle. So, well, we definitely appreciate you sharing your whiskey tonight. I mean, we oh, got, yeah. we got to raid your bar, yeah. but you got to pick the whiskey you shared with us. Yes. But uh, we did try a few other things while we were here as well. Yeah, well, I'm always happy to share with friends, man. So new and old. So, yeah. well, it's good to make a new friend. It's good to yeah. uh, to hang out with you tonight. Um, I'm going to let you go ahead and tell our listeners how to find you. Sure, I know it's Instagram only, but right. I'll let you say it. Sure, um, it's the Bourbon Life on Instagram. It's the underscore Bourbon underscore Life. Um, but I do have an email address. I mean, and you can contact me through Instagram, but. The email address is just thebourbonlife at gmail.com. Uh, I do have a Facebook 
site, but I don't use it. I just saved it so nobody <laughs> else would, would take it. Um, and I have a, I have a website, but I, there's nothing on the website. It's just, so it's all about Instagram it's for just you. just all about Instagram at this point. Yeah. That's everything. So I think that's awesome. Your story's awesome. Thanks, I man. love it that you, you're dedicated to what you're doing. You're, you work full time and you, yeah. you're doing this and you're doing it for the, the good of Kentucky. Yeah. I love it. So if you're out there on Facebook or on Instagram, follow the bourbon life. You can, if you're listening to this and you haven't followed us on Instagram or the bourbon road on Instagram, uh, the bourbon road on Facebook and on Twitter, the bourbon uh, road, the bourbon road. Uh, you can find me in Jim, Jim, where you find you on Instagram. I'm Jay Shannon 63. And you can find me at one big chief on Instagram and Michael James Hyatt on uh, Facebook. Um, we do have a uh, Facebook group called the bourbon roadies. We're off often in there chatting with people. We'll put photos up of stuff that will along our, our bourbon road that people might not get to see or do. Me and Jim will do it and put it out there for you. So you can see if you want to come to Kentucky. It's pretty good. We're we're, uh, north of a hundred users now in there. So our listeners or followers or whatever you want to call them. Uh, So it's a good time in there. A lot of people posting and sharing and, and talking about stuff and it's a good place to be. And I think if if, uh, you're listening to this episode and you like what you hear, you you love what you hear. You enjoy us talking about bourbon and bourbon culture and interviewing uh, people like Mark. Leave us a review on Spotify, on Apple iTunes. Uh, we really appreciate it. All right. Thanks again, Mark. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. It's been a blast. And yeah. we are going to get together by a bonfire. Excellent. I'm, I'm, I'm in. All right. appreciate all of our listeners and we'd like to thank you for taking time out of your day to hang out with us here on the bourbon road we hope you enjoyed today's show and if so we would appreciate if you'd subscribe and rate us a five star with a review on itunes make sure you follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at the bourbon road that way you'll be kept in the loop on all the bourbon road happenings you can also visit our website at thebourbonroad.com to read our blog listen to the show or reach out to us directly We always welcome comments or suggestions. And if you have an idea for a particular guest or topic, be sure to let us know. And again, thanks for hanging out with us. 